0: this is a journey to the intersection of culture and commerce from the black perspective where we talk about business entertainment relationships religion and how our blackness is depicted and eventually monetized this is the business of black public And today
1: we have Josie from Josie Cake.
0: Hey, Josie. Hey. How are you? Uh, I
1: am blessed and highly favored. I know you a fool too. I am. <laughs> <laughs> a whole fool.
0: Yeah. To have a fool. You
1: gotta give it your all. and everything.
0: Th- I mean, this this is true. Um, I don't know if my all is um. my all is uh, good for the masses. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it is. Because if I get, like, <clears throat> if I get my all, then I'm reading people their rights, too. You're getting the full spectrum.
1: But then, it ain't for everybody, but within that group, somebody comes.
2: Yeah, 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 you're right. That's the funny thing about balance is you kind of balance all over without living all that stuff. I think that's the, the beauty part in science of moderation. We are doing let in get out of I'm totally cognizant of what's going on on the left and the right. I'm balanced in the center, and you only to get what makes sense at that moment. That works.
0: Yeah, I would agree. See, passionate.
1: Straight out of He gave it to me just like that. Right,
0: passionate. So, Josie. Yes. Miss Josie Cakes. Yes with no red velvet. Um, That's what we're <laughs> So tell us, tell us about yourself, the journey and how the you journey. happened to get here today.
1: The journey, it was, it was purposeful but on accident. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I always had the, the dream and the desire to have my own business. Mm-hmm. It just didn't happen at the time. I wanted it to happen. Right. It happened when the job said, we gonna fire you. And so I was like, okay, so me and my kids gotta eat. Right. You know, prior to then, I was setting it up um, I started real simple, you know, selling slices out of my car, getting up every Saturday morning. And my two-year-old, my seven-year-old, hitting the barbershops and the beauty, store, our beauty salons in College Park. That's the hustle. Like, that's what we did every Saturday morning. That's, that's the hustle. I would get off work on Friday, bake all night, slice it, and go. Um, I'm a self-taught baker, mm-hmm. so nobody in my family bakes. So I would just make up, you know, flavors and recipes and just try to perfect them. <clears throat> So I, that's how I started. And I was working. I was balancing the two because, like, you know, work is safe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, no matter what your passion is, you got to make sure you can feed your family. Right? You know what I mean? I'm right. all for stepping out on your hopes and dreams and having faith. But faith don't pay Georgia power right. when they call you. So right. you need to make sure that you are in alignment with stepping out on faith. Right. You know what I mean?
0: Right.
1: Right. Um, so I was, you know, going along and setting things up and then, you know, started growing. People got used to me. You know, I used the kids, they cute, you know what I mean? <laughs> My kids is cute. So, you know, of course you wanna give a two year old two, three dollars, you know, just go right. there and Thank get the money. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, all for it. Yeah. Little marketers. And um I started growing and I, the way that I would market my cakes that made me different is with every cake, I would give you a Josie Cakes t-shirt. Okay. And I, I learned that people keep t-shirts forever, ever,
0: right? like
1: ever, you know what I'm saying? So um, I had my phone number on there because I couldn't afford to buy business cards. Mm-hmm. And people was like, you know, well, that's kind of, you know, you spend more money on t-shirts than you do on cards, but not really. Right. Because if you bought a cake, then you're a client. Right. You know what I mean? I'm just giving cars to random people, you know, random people. But you've invested in it. So Mm -hmm. now, you know, I want you to remember me. Right. Went off. Work was cool. Everything's good. Got fired. And um, I was like, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like, I don't have, I don't have nothing, you know what I mean, else to do. So I was like, I'm just going to jump in full, full speed and sell these cakes. And it kind of just took off from there. Uh, and that's how I got to where I am now. And it was been a struggle because it's a, it's hard. People don't people don't like to see like the glory part of, of business. But to be self wholly self-employed and maintain your business and your household at the same time. Is very hard.
0: Yeah, it is difficult. Like, you
1: know, people think you be self get self-employed, start your own business, and you start making, you know, hundreds Money. and thousands of dollars. Right. But to have a, a profit of twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year in a business, you're doing good. Right. You know what right. I mean? That's that's not you know typical. So right. that's how I gauge my success.
2: Please please understand uh what she went through there when she uh explained to everyone that she was working while simultaneously uh, laying the business out. She was treating her employer like a principal investor. Now, if you look at your employer as your provider, so that you can provide a sort of a dependent relationship. So she was using her employer as security on the investment in her business. It was what allowed her to, to start building circumstance forces you into a position where this becomes all that you're dealing with. But even the process of designating and targeting a demographic, saying I'm going to go to the beauty salons and I'm going to go to the barbershops because there are people there that got to sit there for hours. They can't leave, they'll lose their spot or whatever, just bringing them a service, offer them convenience, are all the things that any business has to consider Beyond the product, the product itself has got to be great. The positioning and you know getting it to market and having a market that demands it are all very necessary in order to 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 plot out a successful trajectory for a business. So that is the theory, and then the hard work comes from actually trying to do it in real time every weekend and seeing how things vary based on weather, time of year, and what's really going on. In, in society in any given point in time. So there was a lot in what was said there, even though it sounded very quick and it seemed brief, but um, a lot of the things that she covered are things that people who want to, to be self-employed and want to get into business for themselves need to consider beyond the product or service itself. So uh, I urge everybody to go back and listen to that, that section again uh, before we move on. I just wanted to say that.
1: To add on that, I would say that that was part of the discipline and the habit for me. <clears throat> um, you have to set a habit, create a habit to do consistently and have the discipline to maintain that habit. And then that is where you build your product. Um, a lot of people would decide or want to be self-employed because their main reason is I'm tired of going to work. Or right. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of having to report to someone. Do you know how easy it is to not work. right When you work for yourself, you know what I mean? It's it's so easy to wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I just don't feel like it. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And then that one day of not feel like it turns into a week of not feel like it turns into I'm going to go on vacation, turns into, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you have to, you have to create those habits that, allow you to be disciplined in your in your drive and your determination of what you want because if you don't have that, if you're not a disciplined employee, I can tell you, you're not, not going to be, be a disciplined business owner. Right, right. You know, if you're a terrible employee, just sit back and, and observe yourself and your worth ethics. If you're terrible and all of that, you, your business is going to fail.
2: Fail, right. Oh, if you lack objectivity in general, um, you have to check yourself quarterly, like kind of by law. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, if you're not in the habit of, of, of critically analyzing your own performance for better or worse. Right. And recognizing where you need improvement and, you know, where you're already strong, you're probably a Sorry. very whack friend. <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely not going to be good in business. Right. You know, uh, because it's, it's always about the bitter pill. It's always about um you know having having to make tougher decisions, decisions that employees don't make. Right. Right. You know, and that's that's what you're embracing. You're still an employee, like the boss doesn't punch out. Right. You know, the boss never punches out. The boss you know goes to bed with and wakes up with these problems if they get sleep at all. So right. if you think you're going to just become self-employed and not have to work as much. You probably have the wrong outlook on 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 you know the hell you're about to climb. You might just want to stay at the bottom.
0: I mean, the tr- truth is, like when you are working for yourself, there's never a time you're not working. Like that's even true. when you're at home in the bed, whether it's something you're doing marketing wise, or you're, you're always thinking about the next steps, the the next sale, the 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 next campaign, whatever it is, right? And that's the difference between an employee and uh, uh, an employer is the fact that we got to think about all those things on a regular basis, right? right? We delegate tasks, mm-hmm. right. right? We they don't have to think about it. You tell them this is what I need you to do. Yeah, you Just do, do it, it right? right? That's that's easy, right? If if you're trying if if you're starting a business, you have to think one way, right? Once you start that business, then yes. your then your thought pattern has to shift and change exactly in order to maintain that business, Absolutely. right? After you've gotten to a point of maintenance, now you have to think about growing and scaling.
3: Yes. Right.
0: And that's that 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 takes constant progression, which most employees, they're the only progression they really want is the money. Right. You know what I'm saying?
2: Well, this is the thing. An employee is, is actually part of the good of service. Right. So their vantage point is always internal. Right. The boss actually has to think <coughs> internally from a good and service production standpoint and then externally to the audience that he or she is trying to sell this to. The, the marketplace that they're trying to bring it to. So they have to have an overall mindset versus the employee that can be within the business and totally be thinking about what it is they want from right. Which right. is all right, right, you know, because they're not owned. It's just the principle that when you step into a situation where you are an owner, you have to recognize that you have all the duties and responsibilities of an employee plus things added obligations to constantly grow. There is no growth for an employee outside of learning more things to do within a given system, right? And hoping somebody either gives you a title or some money for it or some recognition or something. the The business owner is thinking about growing the business to a point where they are in a position where they don't have to work all the time right. because the, the, the protocol is in place. The operating manual is in place. It's, it's, a, it's a science that's been tuned and tweaked over the course of many, many years. It's right It's never instantaneous. So overnight right. success in regards to building the businesses, like, you know, we're wanting an 18-year-old overnight. Right. I mean, it's, it's... yesterday than then graduate high school. Tomorrow,
0: I mean, so it's, it's, really it's it's a constant process. It's like learning to drive a car. You know what I mean? Your parents take you out, you know, thirteen years old or something, you get behind the wheel, they they're showing you what you need to do.
1: I think that's illegal. I ain't gonna say that. Listen, I'm from
0: Jamaica, okay? We we, and we start you that means you had to stick to it. Yes. That's that's what I learned. Sure that's <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right.
1: Lives in jeopardy right. the whole nine, huh? <laughs> That's what they doing in
0: Jamaica. Listen, 13. Mental yes. note, don't drive in Jamaica. Is, whatever. Right. So you're learning the mechanisms, which is usually an employee. Right. Then you have to get your permit and they put you, you know, so you're getting out of training. Right. And now you're driving. Right. With your 90 day supervision. And right. then after that, you know, you, you, you get to roll out there on your own after you've been taught every aspect of the business, a.k.a. the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Right. Most people just want to change vehicles, you know what I'm saying, instead of changing to a different type of mechanism, i.e. a truck, a motorcycle, a, right. a, a G5 or, you know, a jet or something, <laughs> you know, a yacht, oh, whatever. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's just that constant progression. And, and I, I feel like when you are at the top, when, when the buck stops with you, you have to constantly be teaching yourself the next move.
1: Yeah, because if you get <clears throat> so when I when I start, say, when I started I had a goal. Mm-hmm. My goal was initially to start the business. Right. So then once I started the business, it was like, well, now what do I do? Well, now I had to. Where do I want the business to grow? Like, how? What is the, my ultimate goal? Mm-hmm. So I set my goals so big that I'm gonna. I feel like I'm gonna constantly be working, working Again. on it, and working towards it. Right. But then I had to learn. I. A lot of people run their businesses for where they are. Right. You have to run your business for where, where you want gone. it to be. Right. And the reason why is because then you'll always be prepared.
3: Right.
1: A lot of times, you know, we something can happen overnight and your business just instantly grow and then you're not prepared. Right. And it's not that you're not prepared because you don't have the talent, because that's the easy thing. Having the talent or having the product is easy. It's how you manage your business, your business management, your files, your records, your reports, how you get your product, um, your price points, like people don't take the time to realize that that is where you, that's how you keep, you know, what I mean, right. and maintain because su- that's how you learn everything. what makes you money. Right. If you just wake up one day and say, hey, I make T-shirts. I think they should be seven dollars. Well, who, how did you get to that? How did you get that seven dollars? Is, is that seven dollars include? travel does that seven dollars include shipping that seven dollars in- include product that that include um how much it's gonna you have to take from that seven dollars to pay back that machine that you purchased right you know what I mean we I think that a lot of times nobody has taken the time to teach us business practices that are required to maintain our businesses True. and we just want the glitz and the glamour we want the popularity and the product and you can have ten million followers but if you don't know how to maintain and use those 10 million followers to increase your revenue, it's a waste.
0: Right. It's a waste. So, so, you know, you, you stated that, that you were self-taught, right? Yes. After you started and, and you perfected your, what you like to do, did you seek out like a mentor or something?: I know that what Miranda? I
1: did. <clears throat> I didn't seek out a mentor because I didn't know how, right. You know, I did. I, it was, everything was all new to me. It was kind of like picked up, put here, I don't know anything. You know, I don't know how to run a business. I don't know baking. I don't know any of this. So I decided that I was going to go to school.
3: Right.
1: And I felt that way because I felt like it has to be an easier way than what I'm doing. Because watching Food Network looks good, but it got to be some stuff going on behind the scenes on here that I'm totally missing. missing, And so I was like, well, I want to better myself in technique, but I also want to better myself in business and so I would read a lot of books. That's one thing I did. I read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. And then I, um, I went to art culinary art school
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I went to <laughs> I went to Art Institute of Atlanta and I went and I, what I learned is that they don't teach you only like techniques and baking. They teach you how to run a full fledged restaurant. restaurant right. Like that's our that's how. Graduation project you have to set your own restaurant up from beginning to end, but in that, I learned all that stuff that you don't know that even if you run a business from your home or you run a business from a storefront or brick and mortar or whatever it is that you that you have, these are the foundation you know this is the fundamentals that you must have. I learned a lot about laws and you know what every time you buy that plate from somebody who pull up. They kinda in violation. If you get sick, that's on you that you right. ate, you know what I mean? I wanted to know all of that because I don't want anything that's gonna tarnish my brand. Right. Like I'm all about representation of my I'm I take my brand so passionately. You know what I mean? And so anything that I felt would better the representation of my brand, I was all for it. So that's why I went to school, learned what I could. I still don't have a mentor, and that's because I I don't know if I wanna say, I don't know how to find one but at the level that I'm trying to reach mm-hmm. I currently don't have that access to that type of people gotcha
2: yeah. um, take time out again to point uh, out how much we're not actually talking about baking um, we're talking a lot about the skeleton uh, that, that holds the, the brand up and you know, it's important she says she's passionate about her brand or being cognizant of the fact that you are a brand and you know, something that should always be kept in mind when you're interacting with the public uh, because of the impact and the impression that you're leaving becomes what people remember about you you know it, it's the filter through which they give word of mouth and refer you so also very very important that you have the greatest product in the world but if you just don't think about how it's being received and how well it can compete with other people doing it. something very similar if not the same thing is really easy to be overlooked and you could have been the greatest you know um the speaking on uh not understanding how to get to a price point in numbers is very hard to make a shift from being a consumer to being a producer if you don't have a grip over economics so uh We talk about people with limited resources um, that don't really operate from a stance of savings as much as from checking and everything is from expense to expense. You you generally maintain a consumer's perspective on life. So it's kind of hard to recognize principles of the flip, principles of doubling. Like, you know, would you pay for this? And, you know, you should at least be trying to get twice that back. Right, you know, saying so, you know, or three times to cover the next investment as well as having a profit in hand, or it's, if you're gonna do free shipping, build that into the yeah, price, to or, get factor that into the price as well as you know other operating costs that are invisible to the, to the user. They they don't, they you know, when you walk into a restaurant, you might not realize that you paid for the expensive menu with the gold tips on the edges that you can't eat, but you did.
1: Right. You that know, 35% markup.
2: Right. Those really, really nice glasses that you can't take with you for the over, you know, overpriced beverage that they gave you. You know, you paid for that too. You just, you just didn't know it. If they wrote that in, you know, the description of what you were paying for, you'd probably feel weird. They only gave you in the marketing what they could entice you with. They're not going to explain everything else that you paid for. That's what this fine print is for. But, you know, that's what we're discussing right now. This, this concept of making a shift from being consumers. Because it's very easy to just be an employee and stuck in a consumer mindset if you don't ever graduate onto the investment class, where you're really looking at your 401k differently, where you're really thinking about ways to establish you know, residual income, where you wake up with more than what you went to bed with, and it really wasn't what you got paid you know, by the hour. To make that shift, you have to start looking at money differently, at how money is spent. And um, business owners are forced into that position. Um, You know, it's kind of like an option for people who are employed, you know, they might kick it with their friends who are a little bit, a little bit wiser with the money and and get some, you know, get some hints and tips. But by and large, people um, are so, you know, they work so hard that they think more about recreation than um, investing. I think that's something that, you know, traditionally people settle in as they get older and less active and start to think about, yo, I really can't work forever. Business owners have to think like this from from the onset of business or they're doomed Mm -hmm. if they can't master these principles. So your situation being that you didn't start, you know, I had nothing and I had to start. This is like you started at the same time while simultaneously working. It's not a desperation type decision, which gives you a a much, much more mature platform to go into business from. Um, And I think that helps out a lot with your decision to go back to school for it. I recognize what I don't know. There's a lot more urgency on what I'm doing right now. This is not a hobby. This is actually going to be the livelihood. To ensure that I can bring this to market correctly, let me go back to school with the education. Right. And that's humbling. Like a lot of people, I want to be boss, and it's kind of tied into like a life of being powerless or overlooked or unrecognized for your contribution to something greater. So you you know you really want to be acknowledged, but there's so much more to being confident based on what you actually know how to do well. All right. That it carries through the good and service. And right. It, it it translates into uh, customer confidence because people can feel it, not just from what they got from you, but also the energy you give off when you interact.
0: Right. But something that you said, boss. Right. I feel like that's a relative term in some sense, because your customers are your boss because if they Always. do not purchase your service and understand whether you're 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 creating a product mm. or you have a service, right, it's to service someone's either their their good feeling or to solve their problem. The need they won't right At the end of the day, you're still serving them, mm. and if they don't reward your service with their dollars. You were broke, boss.
3: There, you ain't right? be a boss.
0: <laughs> but but I like I hear the term all the time, and when you really think about it, you're not the boss. You 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 steer the ship that is that business, right? But those customers, the ones that pay you, they reward you with their dollars. Those are your bosses because if you don't please them, you're you're unemployed.
1: And you're a highly paid worker, right? You're a decision-making worker. That's what you are. Right,
0: so I That's feel liable like right. right, so I feel like you gotta. It, it, there has to become some kind of shift because there's a lot of arrogant bosses who lose it all because, you know, I'm I'm the shit. So you just need to pay me what I want, mm-hmm. and they're assholes sometimes. You know what I mean?
1: I think that comes from people failing to realize that you need your clients. Right. I think that a lot of people get to the extent where they feel like this is my product, this is my service that I provide and it's so great and I don't need you. No, I always need you. Right. You know, now you may not be my demographic that I need, but I'm always going to need my clients. You know what I mean? I'm always going to need my customers. But you can maintain that through customer service and and the focus of customer service is so lost. Like, I value my business on customer service. My job is to keep my customers happy. happy. Not at every expense, but as best as I can within my policy and procedures that are beneficial to my business. Right. So many people are just like, it doesn't matter. You, oh, it's just a $20 cake. Mm-hmm. I don't need your $20. Well, you do. Right. Because $520 equal $100. Right. You know what I mean? It's like I, I treat the person who orders a $2 slice the same as I treat someone who orders a $2,000 cake. Why? Because they're all my customers. Right. You know what I mean? I just think that people don't focus on customer service like they should. And it may be because you're not a good customer yourself. So yeah. you, you lose the focus or value of how important it is to be served. Nobody wants to be a server. People feel like being a server, it makes you weak, but it takes so much more Strength to serve someone than it does to be served. Right. It's a humbling experience. It's it says more about your character mm-hmm. to constantly serve people, which is why we praise nurses because you're serving someone else. You know what I mean? Right. Nobody right. wants to serve. Everybody wants to, be like served. you said, be the boss. Right. Be come to me, serve me. Right. No, it doesn't. It doesn't serve work that me with way. your dollars. Right. right, and it's like I just want your. Like we should just give you our money. Right. Well, no, because for every the different, if I want a burger. It's a million restaurants that serve burgers. Right. I'm going to give it to the, the company that I go to that gives me a pleasant experience. experience right? So it's not always about what you have. It's a million people who do what you do. Right. There's, I can't think of anything new that has come out that somebody else hasn't, or doesn't already do, either on a smaller scale or a larger scale. Right. What is it that you offer as a business owner? What is it that you offer as a business that makes my experience different than somebody else's? Right. That's what you should be marketing, not just your product. Market and experience.
2: right? And this day and time, that's important because the human element is uh, compromised by technology a lot of times. And I think that's why customer service has lost some of its priority because you got a lot of automated conversions. You know, if you can make a wholesale without ever talking to a human being you know, you you kind of, you don't, you don't have the opportunity to actually ask a couple of questions before you finalize it. And you don't really get to kick it with anybody until something goes wrong. And, you know, you're usually talking to somebody who isn't even in the same country or, you know, same state. So there's a bunch of points of disconnection right. that make it where I'm not really, you know, I'm not really in tune with why you're upset right now. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm actually just a piece inside of this particular machine and I don't, you know, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do when I get off of work. I'm not, I'm not passionate about this product, good or service, but you are because you invested in it. I just can't empathize with you right now. Right. So, in that regard, the culture of customer service, um, I feel, you know, it's always been like treated like, like it really isn't important to uh, retaining customers, but it is. It, it, like it, it goes beyond. All right, I bought it. I put faith in it. Now my faith has been tested, and I'm calling you up to renew my faith. I need you to to make me feel better about this decision I made to spend money with you. And I go through it all the time within my own business as a as a, as a screen printer and having a apparel brand. Like my brand is boutique, so everything is made one at a time. A lot of times people wait, and you know. I'm an artist, too, so I'm, like, real funny about how I communicate sometimes. <laughs> it, the speed disputed, which I, I respond to certain things, but I, I try to make everything right in the end. So if you waited a while for one T-shirt, three of them show up, four of them show up, because it does matter to me. Each and every person does matter to me, and I recognize fault. You know, but the customer service... My my customer service faults. I'm not dead to them. I can't sit back like, well, they'll just no. I recognize it's damaging me each one of these days that passes. And even in making it right by offering more product, it still doesn't doesn't change the experience. Uh They had a negative experience. And although it was rectified with this extra product, there's not proof that they're going to come back. And I recognize each one of them as a loss, you know. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people won't contribute it to why, you know, they never were able to launch, why they were never able to take off, take off. But as it was explained to me while I worked for a very cruddy cable company a long time ago, um, <laughs> every, you know, one person refers you to 11 people. Right. That could be good or bad. Right. You know, it could be a positive referral. It could be a negative referral. So although that one $20 cake that you didn't care about, that might have translated to $220 worth of sales offer referrals. Right. And, you know, out of those 220, each one of them can turn into 11. That could turn into a wedding. That could turn into, you know, a bar mitzvah. That could turn into something that's much grander than just that $20 cake. And that's how I feel, you know, about my business and customer service as well as the tone of everything right now. So, this is all very important. It's probably the most business-like sort of uh, episode that we have. I have questions that have absolutely nothing to do with this. have to do with food. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I don't feel comfortable, like, interjecting and being like, yeah, whatever, yo, what's up with the ingredients? You know what
0: I'm saying? Like, I mean, but see, that's what I, that's what I like about our particular platform, though. You know what I'm saying? It Yeah, we can, you know, be totally scripted if we want to, right? But we tend to talk about those things that People kind of gloss over, right. you know what I mean? Because sometimes, like, in business, there is a mental aspect to things, right? That's why people get professional copywriters, mm-hmm. right? To analyze the psychology of your customer, right? right? To make them, you know, hit checkout or, mm-hmm. you know, let you swipe their card, right. right? There's a mental aspect to things. There's a, the, you know, everybody knows the physical, the, you know— you know, the actual putting your hand on a product or or mm. having a completed service or whatnot, you know, but there are many facets to business that a lot of people don't know. Mm. Right. And a lot of them they, they see the final product and they think, oh, it's a cakewalk. Right. You know what I'm saying? I could start my own, I could start my own t-shirt, but I can make right. my own cakes. Right. Not realizing how many ingredients go into making that thing. And when you're when you're um, when you have a a, a bakery what it takes to make big batches as opposed right. to one cake.
2: How right. Just the recipe.
0: Right. You know, and a lot of people don't like, I, I make good ass lemonade. <laughs> right. Right. I make a good two liter or a gallon <laughs> a of lemonade. Right. Right. How am I going to make I'm a million? Seven. Right. That's yeah. gonna go to Whole Foods or wherever, Right. and it still tastes like the that
1: two gallon
0: uh, uh, How long can it sit
2: before it separates? Right, or it changes into something else.
0: Right. So you know the, the all the facets is you know anyway.
1: Right. so you so basically what y'all are trying to say is that I came in here and just made y'all all serious and stuff. You want me beat by no, no, something? No, no, no. no. no.
0: It's,
2: it's, it's oh, you know I mean, it's, it's just
1: the
0: way it
2: flows. It's it's, it's equally entertaining to have you know. A, a, a not so rigid conversation about the, the, the kind of corny parts. You know, I have been, I don't think marketing is corny. I think um I think numbers are corny sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, sitting back and dealing with numbers, you know what I'm saying? I think that's whack sometimes. But um it's necessary. It gives you that peace of mind and knowing I'm not guessing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's our co host the coffee <laughs> <laughs> offering a little ambient noise and little
1: commercial break. Nah, <laughs> right. It's
2: proof positive that we are in a business setting. Right. We're, we're very serious. We have coffee machines.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> and tea.
2: And, you know. These and, ain't no props. They're and, not props. And we are swanky because we brought our own iced coffee and then dumped it out so that, you know, the company that they didn't cut us a check. <laughs> right. so can, and,
1: and, you and, know, can. what's funny is because that's the that's the small things that people don't, right. don't really know. Like, <clears throat> it may seem innocent, but where were you at that time when you had, you know, that big old restaurant cup and then you just was going in? Well, people were instantly still going to relate, the two of you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Together to right. that, you got you to gotta know those things. You got to be aware of your presence at all times whenever you're representing your business. Right. So I see a lot of people... Um, who attach themselves to their brand. Right. And for me, it's tricky. Personally, I was like, so like, I don't want to be the face of my brand. Like, trust me, I've been I do too. not yeah. want, like, Josie and Josie Cakes. Two different, two different things, things. two right. different people, two different entities. A lot of people attach themselves to their brand because people know you. Right. But just because someone knows you and likes you, doesn't mean they're going to like your brand because the two of you usually have something that they're different. You know what I mean? Who you represent yourself as um, as a person may not be who you represent your brand to be. You know what I mean? And people tend to cross those lines and they get blurred when you make yourself your brand. So then now it becomes, I saw Josie doing XYZ at her birthday party. Well, that's the appropriate place for me to have been doing XYZ. But now you attach that to my brand.
0: Right. You know what I mean? And it, it, it just, it gets tricky. And that's, that's why people don't understand how much power branding has. It, right. Right? Because you, the person, people will love you. Some will forget you. Right? Right. You know, no matter what their personal opinion of you are, right, it's not, it's not on a mass scale. Right. right. When you have a business that you are looking to reach the masses, mm-hmm. right? Now you become a punching bag in a way because if you're good, they're going to love you. If you're bad, they're definitely going to let everyone know that you're bad. Whereas your friends uh
2: that's just Joseph. Right. It's a it's a different time though because the people that propel their brands are are inadvertently made public now because of social media. Social media is has given everybody a platform to be seen. People who really you didn't see before, reporters, journalists. You see more personalities that were behind the scenes now than ever before Um, because everything is so constantly being updated. Everything is so real time. And all it takes is you being connected to something that's trending. And now you're trending as well. And you were, you, you know, you really weren't that person before. Um, you see it, you see it a lot, uh, like, say, like, with American Apparel, like, their CEO, the dude who actually, like, made the company, made the company. He got ousted because how he lived and his lifestyle and certain things that he was doing in his personal time was reflecting negatively on the bread. And the stockholders pushed him out, you know. Um, and, there, you know, I believe there were certain lawsuits connected. But to try to keep the brand from being contaminated by, you know, his lifestyle and what he was dealing with, they ousted him. But since he created the brand, the brand has been failing because the creators are gone. It's like kind of the way Apple was when they decided to get rid of Steve rid of Jobs. Jobs. Why wow. It's like Steve Jobs was the brand. It's like, yeah, Apple is an extension of Steve Jobs. That's one extension, but he's everything that comes from that. So he's the brand you can't separate the two. which is why if you look at Apple right now, They like kind of doing the same thing over and over again. Right. You know, so we live in a time where personality of the creators, of the personalities of some of the gears that move the machine are given equal importance as the machine itself.
1: Right. They extend over into the,
2: the brand. Which, when you stop and think about it, it creates a brand new responsibility for people who are of influence and power to, you know, to kind of move more responsibly. And I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, you have to straighten out your moral compass once you decide to be successful. But you shouldn't have to have a publicist over your shoulder to let you know, yo, you shouldn't be doing that in public. Or, you know, that's probably not really good for your image. You know, even on the, even on the smaller scale, reputation is important for an individual. But if you got it right now where my opinion as an employee can get me fired, what would my opinion do as a brand owner?
3: <laughs>
2: you know what I'm saying? And you, you can see it. Like, yo, Rosie O'Donnell came back with the show that was gone for like 20 years. It, it Roseanne was, Barr. Roseanne, excuse me. Wow. Yeah, Roseanne, Roseanne Barr. Barr. I like Rosie O'Donnell. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: Clearly She's, she on your mind.
2: Yeah, um, but Roseanne Barr, she comes back with the show that's been gone for like crazy long and they come back on this, 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 this angle that's very clear. And it was beloved, and it was embraced, and it blew up to number one, and it took- And, a even,
0: and even a little controversial, which, which yeah, made it- Which made which it, made it even
2: more like it's right. a controversial time. Right. So, you know, that that station played off of that controversy, right. you know, because she was willing to spearhead it. And all it took was like one or two- Personal. Twitter Personal. posts. Personal. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. To dismantle all that. And you saw what they did. They separated- themselves from the element right. that could contaminate what was clearly going to be successful and they rebooted it without it. Right. And she's not there and the show is back on. Right. You know? This is this is the time that we live in. Right. Where these things can be done right in front of you, and you have to recognize like, yeah, you know, maybe I should keep that to myself. Maybe I should exercise a little bit of discretion. And you know, publishers are coming and say this before. It's up to us to do this. And when I say us, because it's the business of being black. I'm condensing that to us mm-hmm. in regards to everything that we do. You know, right. um, we have to just be discretionary in how we deal with everyone. You know, uh, in, in regards to like how we centralize our power because right. we we got a lot of drafty windows and holes in the roof. And, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Speaking not, of <laughs> not no insulation, you know what I'm <laughs> saying. I, I we just be giving it away. You know right, what I'm saying? And, and and that's that's just. <sighs>
0: So yesterday, I don't know if anybody know, but um, because of all the other shit that's been going on this week, but young, there was some young black leadership at the White House yesterday. Mm -hmm. Right. I wonder if they realize that they about to get canceled from every cookout that's ever about to come up if somebody noticed they face on it. You know, because again, it goes back to reputation. They attach themselves to somebody who right now is toxic. Right. I mean, there there are buildings that are taking the Trump name off of their shit because they don't want to be associated with it. Used to be, it used to have value to it. It used to. It used it to, to have doesn't value associated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, and 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 again, I don't know if anybody knows, but since he's become— pre- Most presidents go into the office <clears> and they become richer. Become more valuable. They become more valuable. Mm-hmm.
2: Right now, he's lost over a billion dollars in, in two years. Because his name has become associated with instability. Right. So, the instant you— Put that on a stable structure. Think about what that says about that building. Right. Everything about this building is a lie. Everything that we just sold you in marketing, you cannot expect any of that to be right. true. Whatever we just said, expect us to go back on that. Right. You so
0: so that, that shows the importance of you carrying yourself. You know what I'm saying? When you're, when, regardless if you start the business or you are the business, mm-hmm. right? The way you carry yourself is going to determine how, how your money moves. It's either gonna go up or down to stay stable.
1: Right. And that goes back to what I said, which is attaching you as a person to your brand. So before the the Trump brand is all we knew. Right. The brand. Right. Now we're getting to know Trump, the person.
0: Well, well but
1: not to the extent. Not not to the extent that we know him as a person now.
0: Because <sighs> New York and you know, we lived in New York and New Jersey, mm-hmm. right? We always knew Trump was an asshole. So
1: but, but that's that demographic. Right, right. You know what I mean? As now, you, as you grow the, and broaden. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you, you're, you're covering a whole new demographic. So now you have exposed yourself as a person. Right. And it's connected to your brand. Right. And you as a person, not a nice person. Right. So everybody you as a business. Do
0: the opposite of what Trump did.
1: Trump as a business is, is, a, is I, I am not opposed to following Trump as a business. His the, his his plan, his processes, time at the time at the time at the time show increase. Mm-hmm. Him as a person though, it's two different people. And, and and when it comes to business or just people in general, we don't we don't like to separate the two. We we think that you are what you represent. You are your brand. We feel like Oprah is Oprah. You know
2: what I mean? Oprah, 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 is Oprah is Oprah. Oprah is Oprah. Right. You know what I'm but saying? When
1: she does something that's like, oh, I can't believe Oprah did it. Well, why not?
2: That's what I'm saying. That's like Jordan. Like, why why does it surprise you that he doesn't care about this as opposed to that? It's when when you say business and good business, that it with encompassed within good business is a lot of wicked shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's perfectly all right to buy a company that's on its last leg with every intention of liquidating it and laying all these damn people off. It's perfectly all right to close the call center down in this area because another area agreed to build you one from the ground up provided you hire locally. Screw all the people that just got laid off over here and all the surrounding businesses, the gas stations, the grocery stores, the dentist's office that opened up 10 years ago when you built it. Everything that's around right. it, that ecosystem <clears throat> that's now going to die and turn into a hood. You know what I'm saying? But it's good business for somebody. Right. And once we separate the obligations of the human to humanity and they bow to the, the needs of a corporation, which is inanimate, we understand how we get to this place of imbalance that we're at now. And this is why when we get back to that tight us that I spoke about because we are one of the original products of a successful business that was totally fucked up. Right. That put, uh, put, put the world that was not in a good position before in a great position, and in a position where they can have privileges to abuse while stopping anybody from ever getting close to doing anything close to what was done. So for us, I feel like it's important for us to rewrite business from the ground up um, where there is always a, a, a steady connection between the people and 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 the product, the good, and the service, because there is no disconnection. The people who work for the business also the people who end up buying the product or the service, and it should be that way. I don't think it's cool when you go up in a spot where they sell you some food that the people that made the food don't eat that food. I don't think that's cool, and I feel like it's easier to get into a mode of thinking where you can live and die destroying somebody else's life for your own benefit and it was just because they were stupid. You know, you could write it off as they were stupid and that's the type of person that we have in power right now that shows you can, you can steamroll ahead in life and truth doesn't matter and being accurate and accountability doesn't matter. If someone's stupid enough to fall for it, then you deserve to get over on them. You know, and a lot of people operate in business that way. It's, It's the con man's mentality. You got a lot of con man businesses, which is why, the trust is lacking. You know, it, there was a point in time where people could say, I could work here for 30 years and I know my pension is going to be good and I know I'm going to be straight when I leave here. And nowadays, people don't know. They don't know what their 401k is being invested into. Is is your, is your pension being invested in the private prisons? Is your pension being invested in the Monsanto? Is, is your pension being invested in the things that are working against your interests? Should you be in a mindset where you make your own investments for yourself for your future? Of course you should. You know, but... No one's gonna like really say these things because it's bad business. It's bad business to have a bunch of investors working for you because they might not work for you tomorrow. It's bad business to teach people how to hustle for themselves because you might compromise your consumer base while doing that. But the direction the world is going and direction things are going in, they're gonna be more self-employed people in the future than ever was before because of the power the internet leverages in favor of the small business owner. The things that would have crippled a small business owner before aren't really concerns before. Just processing credit cards was breaking people before. The monthly fee to process credit cards. Written the machines. Written the machines, sit here and connect directly with a bank just to have you caught up for three business days and this other, you know. All that's been leveraged in favor of the hustler because we don't care about all that. We just want something off each and every one of your transactions. As long as we do a couple of million of those a day, we straight. All right. You see what I'm saying? And that's the unforeseen. That's the corner that the old men that controlled this couldn't see everybody turning down. That's where the creator Napster that'll destroy the whole music industry. That's what the creator Netflix that'll destroy the whole like movie theater industry and cable. You know what I mean? And you just see more and more of that coming down the pipe. It's gonna be those young people that create the technology, and it's gonna be the 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 liquid-minded hustlers that can get in the middle of that system and and leverage it in their favor. So just to loop that back into what we're talking about right now, one question that I can ask is, how much does the web factor into your business?
1: The social media. I'll use social media as a whole. The web 2.0. Is that what it's called?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So social media as a whole, um, about at this present time, 50%. Okay. When I first started, it was about 75%. And that's because it was my, it was like, it was new, first of all, because I've been in business for 10 years. So 10 years ago, you know, we didn't have Instagram. Um, so it was, it was all, you know, Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. You know, if I could set you up that you can contact me and call me through Facebook, Mm -hmm. now I can reach the masses. You know, I can reach five, ten thousand 10,000 people off of just putting my phone number up here and you can reach me. So now it is, for me personally, has lowered because everybody has that same access that I have. So then now I have to find a way to be more savvy. But for me personally, I I gain more customers from them interacting with my experience. Mm-hmm. So now I've, I've shifted and changed and become more of a hands-on. So now it's more conventional methods. Now it's more postcards in the mail. You know, I send you a post because now with everybody being so uh, everything, tech, you know, tech technology, technology, now people are looking for a personal experience. Right. Mm-hmm. So then what do you give me that's personal? Oh, so well, let me, Send this postcard to your house. Let you know that even though you ordered from me six years ago, I still got your address. Yeah. I still got your phone number. Let, you, let me mail you this and tell you how much I appreciate you. And I remember it's your birthday. Happy mm. birthday. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, that's, that's where I'm more at now than the social media. Because it, 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 it grits a lot of people. It puts me in front of a lot of people. But it doesn't give me that personality, you know, that personability ability that I need that grows and gives me the, the repeat customers. You right. know what I mean? You can look scroll me online and find me on several different platforms. But you can scroll everybody else online on several different platforms. Mm-hmm. But all them people didn't send you a postcard. Right. All them people not sending you personalized emails with your name. You know what I mean? It's not a mass email I'm sending you. It's your name. Hey, good morning, Ms. Gloria. Right. You know what I mean? Remember you ordered that red velvet cake and you didn't like nuts on yours. Do you want one for Thanksgiving this year? Mm-hmm. When you read that, it says, hey, yeah,
0: she, paid about, attention. she paid attention. Right. She
1: remembered me. Right. You know what I mean? And when I tell somebody else about my experience, nine times out of ten, I'm not even going to talk about the cake. Right. I'm going to talk about the experience. Right. People are not giving experiences, and that's what people remember. Right. So now I've, I've, I've as, as we talked earlier about when you get to certain levels, you have to change to get to a different level. Right. So now in order for me to get to the level that I was at then, yeah, social media worked. It gave me it, it put me in front of a lot of people now to get to the next level that I want to be at. I can't just use social media. I got to shift my mindset. I got to shift and, and change my whole plan to grow because right. I can't I, I've, I've reached my point personally. I've reached a point, you know, my, my max point with social media, because now it's become a matter of success and fame. And people have tied the two together. Right. And I don't need to be famous. Right. I just want to be successful. Right. But now everybody wants to be famous. So now everybody is focusing on who's famous, what's famous, who knows you, who, where they meet you at, who knows who, who's in the end. I'm real private. Like, I, I don't really need to know no whole bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I got my circle and, and I'm good. I don't need to know this person, this person, this person, and then be affiliated because I was there at their party. And I, 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 I personally don't need that. You know what I mean? I just want to be somewhere where people who are of quality are going to remember me. You know what I mean? My character doesn't go with fame. You know what I mean? And that's when it goes back to everybody wants to be famous and failing to realize what that exposes you to. Right. Because once you're famous, then all your failures become front street. Right. You know what I mean? Me, I'm real transparent. I broadcast my failures. I broadcast my failures because, People need to realize that we're in a time where everybody wants to talk about everything that's going great in their business. But if you only think about what's going great when you fail, it can tear your whole world apart. And and so if I tell you like, hey, along the way, somebody's going to come along that you trust and steal some money from you. This is how you got to bounce back. It's going to happen. You know what I mean? Somebody that you love and appreciate is going to steal your website. This is how you got to bounce back from it. You know what I mean? And so if I tell you everything that I've been through, then you can see like, hey, she's still going. It's, it's, it's not easy. It's not wake up one day and make cakes and now you a rich millionaire. The majority of people who, are, who own businesses are not rich. Right. They are middle class people. Right? They have a fleet of trucks. They're still middle class people right. because revenue and profit are not the same. Nope. And the bigger your business grows, guess what? The more money you got to put back into your right. business, which means that's more money you're taking from your household, from that savings that you have. You know, ain't nobody wants to talk about that. Everybody just think I'm going to make a business and I'm going to get rich. No, you're not. You're you are not. Ninety nine percent of us are not going to get rich. It ain't even that many rich people in the world. No. We're just looking at the same people filtered over and over and over again thinking, oh, everybody getting rich. No, them 200,000 people are getting rich. You know how I many people in the world?
0: I, I don't even know if it's 200,000 people. No, honestly, because even in the United States, I think it's the, the the top one, no, the top half owns 50% of the... The same stuff. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that's...
1: It's just about filtering, you know, your... Your money, knowing how to manage your money is also a big, a big deal, because once you start being self-employed and that money start flowing in, you know, at your disposal, it's real hard to stay focused on. Ooh, I sold, you know, so many cakes today and I got this 500 Let sitting here and I've been, you know, look like it's extra. Right. You know what I mean? It's, me it's not really extra. Back. Let me go. By these you know, it's, it's just so, you know, so many things. Oh, you know, I had a great month. And so this month I had 10000 in in revenue. Yeah, but how much did you spend to make that $10,000? Well, and if don't, you don't keep your books and right. you don't keep your records and you don't keep all that up to date, you're never going to know that you're probably still in the red. Right. With that great $10,000 month, you're still in the red. Right.
2: So. Right. I mean, um, we try not to, demoralize people uh, from getting in the business. Um it's just to uh let people know that yeah, you know, you don't you don't gain strength without resistance. And um you didn't sign up to do less work when you become a boss. You actually uh committed yourself to doing a lot more work than you ever did before. Um and then when it comes down to the money, like I said, it will like was just articulated, money looks different. You know, as an employee, the only money you're concerned with is what's left over in your check after taxes are taken out. As a as an owner, you have to consider money in so many different ways because it, it factors into payroll if you have it. It factors into operating expenses as they exist, you know, inventory and overhead before you ever get around the profit. You know, and knowing that you can't spend from that without you know, seriously compromising what you're going to be doing next month and how much you can make next month. Um, You know, these are all, these are the elements of foresight that you have to get really, really strong at, really good at in order to, to make it through years as a business. You know, employees don't think about that. But, you know, I feel the upside to it all is the, 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 the understanding about the world around you that you get, you know, um, employees, you know, um, they have a limited amount of concerns that was going to revolve around like their personal lives. So if they're not interested in local politics, they're not really going to think about who's coming into office, but someone who's paying a different type of tax, someone who is zoned commercial, someone who has about ordinances, That's going to affect the way they operate their business. Uh, Take, for instance, if you live someplace that has an ordinance against certain type of awnings and they're going from black to green. Now you have to change your awning to green or suffer some type of fine. Um, Somebody without a store is not going to think about that as being a problem. A, A whole bunch of store owners in a downtown area that are already paying too much money are really going to see that as a problem. Especially if there's Uh, you know, some type of vendor that's already set to come in and do everybody's awning and they have some type of relationship with the politician that just got in office. Uh, You know, that sounds whatever, but those type of things happen. It's generally going to be the business people that are more in tune with that. Now, if you have a direct connection between the business people and the people themselves, now you have an opportunity for all of us to be concerned about local politics and, you know, uh, federal politics as well. As it pertains to you know how how we live our lives and our years out, it's just business owners got to consider it first. Business owners have to consider, constantly consider money in a different light than somebody who's just a base consumer. You know, so that that's the upside of it to me. The education. No, I don't think that you get rich per se, or you you're, you're gonna you're going to get rich. I just think that when you break down how much somebody takes home in a check, um, and their inability to make any more money than that in a four week period, versus you really can't have a great month where you made twice as much as you made last month or three right. times as much. You know, you can have a great year. You know what I'm saying? There's no great year for a salaried employee. You just oh, have exactly. another year.
1: Another year.
2: You know what I'm saying? So that potential is actually one that'll take you out of depression, especially in this day and era. Like I said, you could go to sleep like, yo, what the hell am I going to do wake up to a PayPal payment? Like, whoa, all right. I, I like that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that like, little ding. I like oh, to hear man. that little ding on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's
3: funny. That's funny. <laughs> I I woke up, ooh, you know a I'm ding. Saying?
2: Yeah, and I mean, like, you... You look at other people that's waking up, like, just like, I gotta get to Friday. You know what I'm saying? Like, I gotta get to Friday, you know what I'm saying? I need some gas till Friday, I need some till Friday. And you know, I was just on zero last night and I woke up and it took 10 emails and it took nine phone calls and it took a lot of negotiating, but they sent me the deposit. You know what I'm saying? Now I can get up and move. It's different than everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like Dame Dash explained it, business owners is, is wild animals. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody else is, you, you in a zoo. You domesticated. You. Right. You a house cat. You a house dog. Like, you know, somebody gonna put food in the bowl for you at a certain time every day. A wild animal will wake up hungry and, and nobody's about to bring them down. And they gotta they go gotta, They gotta, they go, gotta get it. go get it. They gotta go get it. By any means. Right. Or somebody gonna die for this. Like, with die behind <laughs> this. And it's that type of urgency that hustlers, business owners wake up with every day. You know what I'm saying? They wake up with with that, that, that spirit in place. So I say that that's to counteract the normal depression associated with counting your coins and, and not really liking the outcome. You know, the hustler is going to counteract that feeling that, that, that you know, that, that those moments inspire by thinking that tomorrow ain't, ain't always going to be like that. You know, I, I, can change, I can change these circumstances just based on how hard I go. And um, get enough references for it. I feel like as you get deeper in the business, the more people you bag, the more clients you turn over, the bigger those clients get, the, the, the easier it becomes to deal with these heavyweights that, you know, a novice, uh, you know, be crushed. I mean, you start to feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. You know, this is what I'm supposed to do. And you look at other people and you're like, yeah, maybe he was just built to be an employee. But it's the people that can take on all of those changes that actually wake up when they like, oh, I am a business owner. Like, I struggle in it. Um, every one of the things that I've done has been a, a response to some other failure prior, right? And not really wanted to accept it as a total failure as much as a failed attempt, you know? And every one of them is a graduation or evolution into something that seemed more practical or required less of people... Liking me as a person, liking what I build, is a rare and more of a service that they need. I need to get closer to something that people need. And it's all an attempt not to give up because of all the work that was done prior. And this is how you keep from being depressed. I don't know how a nine-to-five keeps from being depressed if they have the job that they went out to get and they
0: can't force the employer to give them any more money, but they need more money. Well, I mean... they. I- they can use their uh, their benefits and go see
2: him. I, I mean, and and, and and even in that, like even in that, like you, you get ready to go talk to somebody who, in reality, you supposed to have those type of relationships with your friends and family, right? You know what I'm saying? You supposed to have it where you know you could talk to people on a daily basis that ain't gonna lie to you. That's actually gonna listen to you. I'm I'm, you know? I'm happy you said. Did, you, did your family support you?
0: Did your friends support you?
1: <clears throat> they support me in the aspect of I'm happy for you. Um, not with their dollars? Not with dollars. Um, and in the beginning, that was like real hard for me because everybody, when they, starts their, when they first start their business, they think about who they already know, right. who they think are going to utilize them. Right. It's right. like, I'm going to be successful because no. when I this, 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 Everybody was all for it. Right. But you can determine who's who supports you by once you put a price tag on what it is that you are selling or provide, mm-hmm. who still supports you just the same. Mm-hmm. And it amazed me to watch people um who proclaim their support of my business.
0: But then when the hookup go don't to- buy
1: Publix cakes oh. and go buy Walmart cakes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh well, you you know. Your case, I can't afford them. And I came to realize, you know what? Your friends and family, your family may never be in your, in your demographic. Right. Your friends, you can change so that they fit your demographic. True. So then now your friends support you. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. Um, if, if your price point and your response to your friends is always, you're too high. I can't afford that. It's time to shift your circle because if you can't afford what I you what I provide to support my family then you're probably not going to be able to support me when I need help. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they support me and you know you you appreciate what what it is that I do and what it is that I provide. My biggest supporter was my father though. Mm-hmm. Um like he was like if I said I wanted to jump off this building right now, he'd be like, "What you wearing?" You know what I'm saying? Like I'm all for it. I'm a recording everything. You know what I mean? And, and then that, that type of support you do want, you know what I mean? And you do need, you do want the emotional support, but you also want financial support, but it, it may not, it may never come from your immediate circle of friends. And then also I had to realize that my nine to five friends will never or rarely understand my focus and my hustle, like my business owner friends, because you have that level of comfort that you don't understand that I don't have. Right. And I, and, and your mind frame doesn't allow you to have it because you're not exposed to the things that I'm exposed to. Right. You don't have to make the type of decisions that I have to make. You know what I mean? So they support, but not financially. And I'm okay with that.
0: How did you feel in the beginning?
1: I was disappointed. I've had a lot of disappointment along this way. Like this, this, I've been nothing but disappointed. But I've learned to understand the reason for the disappointment and not focus on
0: the disappointment. It's psychological.
1: It's like, why am I disappointed? What is it that you did that made me feel disappointed? Oh, you did this and you did this and you did this. And you do that because your mind frame is this. Your thought processes are these and they're not mine. Right. I'm no longer upset because now I have understanding.
2: Gotcha. Well, you gotta, you have to learn to dis, diffuse disappointment um, because it, doesn't, it there's no profit in it. You know what I mean? It's just something. It's just a feeling that you could just kind of keep around. It doesn't do anything for you. There's nothing you can learn from it. You know what I'm saying? So the faster you can diffuse it, like, yo, why did I believe that you would? If I can get around that, then I know I, I, I won't invest as much into it next time. There's no way for me to be disappointed by it. Um, I found that when people don't know you and they support you, it's way truer. Like, it just feels realer because you don't have any reason to lie to me right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? We didn't grow right. up together. We didn't go to school together. You don't, you don't have any reason to really, you know what I'm saying, do this other than the fact that you want what it is that I'm offering. And in that, there's so much more that you can measure. Now, even when friends and family buy things from you. You never really sure is like do you like this or did you just cop it because you know me? Right. You know, when you get it from strangers and I, you know, you know, it it's it's it just it just feels better to me because I know like I you I could probably get you to come back because you really wanted that. It's not me. You wanted that, you know. And you bought it at the price point I was selling that because you didn't feel like you had any grounds to have it with me. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like as soon as I know you. I kind of feel like mm, you shouldn't be charging me full price for that. No one will ever really come out and say that. Some people will, but strangers don't do it like that. Strangers walk up and they were attracted not by you, by what it is you offer. And as they see it, either they want it or they don't. And they're like, how much? And it's a different type of conversion versus talking to people that you want to eat Thanksgiving dinner with. And you like you have other, you know, other overlaps. It's like I don't depend on friends and family.
1: It's just an expectation. You have to change your expectation of who's going to buy your product and then you'll understand who does and doesn't.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. So, it's, because like, what you're saying is, psychologically, we have customers who want uh, Neiman Marcus on a Walmart budget.
1: Mm, that is my uh, example every time.
2: You understand yeah. what I'm saying? But they still go to Neiman markets, bro. That's the part that we that we're discussing right now because she said Publix, but I'm like, yo, these cats had it their way. They were going to even markets and never haggle with a soul. Right, not one soul in there. Not no, no, no. But that's but, but that's but that's, you know that's my mean?
0: point. That's my point. Right when they know you, when it's personal. They want the Walmart experience because they know you like you're right next door. They don't have to make a big trip. I could just go half a mile up the street and Mm -hmm. I I could get everything I want. Right. Right. When it's when it's your friends or family, nine times out of ten, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. But when you're the Neiman Marcus, they don't want to give you that. Right. I know you. Mm -hmm. Right. Give me the hook
1: up. That's going on sale. Right. Well even on sale, there's never gonna be a Walmart. Right.
0: Price. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And 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 and, and, and that's why like if you're gonna give something of quality, like you can't depend on your friends and family. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm I think I'm lucky, like I know my family, like my my immediate family. Mm-hmm. They'll no question. You know what I mean? It's when you start getting to that second level, they're like, eh. Right, right. Well, nigga, you just stood in line and bought you some um, some 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 right. two hundred and fifty dollar uh, pair of right. Jordans. I got
2: right. I got super duper pro black people of the same blood, same last name. Like I got people. I got call them my quarter century comrades, twenty five years or better. Only wear polo. Only wear polo. Man, nah. I make clothes. I've been making clothes for 10 years that celebrate our experience and our culture put in a respectful light. And these cats only make good to wear quality polo with somebody fishing, somebody playing tennis, somebody on a 10 speed bike. Something you ain't, ain't never done in your life. None <laughs> of this shit. You ain't never this. You ain't <laughs> played miniature golf. You ain't never, you didn't even watch a horse race or none of that. Don't you don't know what the hell means. polo like, is. Yo, word up, son. Like, you know what I mean? Like if somebody handed you a polo stick, you think it's a hammer. Just think about like this. Like, as long as polo been, you know, what it has been to the hood, has Ralph ever like brought polo to the hood, like, at all? Like and and gave kids a plan? I know know there's a a, a program in place in Philadelphia right now where they teach young, um, underprivileged children how to play polo, but Ralph ain't got a damn thing to do with that. You know what I'm saying? But these same people, when they watch me, they know the money is going back to to fund the, to the development of two young black kids. It's, 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 it's to stabilize the situation over here where I want to hire young black kids. I want to teach young black people how to screen print. I want to teach young black people how to gra- you know do graphic design so they can, in turn, not work for me for the rest of their lives, but be empowered in a way where they can go out and create their own situations. You know what I'm saying? Um, and still... Knowing this firsthand and knowing me for 25 plus years is not enough to keep you out of Macy's. It's not enough to keep you out of boats. It's not enough to keep you out of all of these places that have never been to Thanksgiving dinner with you, never been to Christmas dinner with you, never invited you to any weddings, never invited you to anything intimate or personal in their lives, that you have them in your closet, yet you will eat that food and put that in your body. You will make that a part of your life, and you know me. You grew up with me. I don't take that personal because you've been a consumer longer than you've been my people's. And, I, you know, I can, I can respect that as a business owner. And you, once you learn not to trip off with that type of stuff, you can focus on the people who really matter to your business, which are the people that actually buy from you. All right. well, you know?
1: For me, I would say that support, support is not just you buying my product mm-hmm. because my product ultimately, like you said, you've been a consumer for years may not be what you want right? No. but to support my product are you assisting me in putting it in front of other people who it does right benefit you know what I mean so it's are my, you being that word of mouth right it's like okay well you don't eat cake you know mm-hmm. you're on a fit trip and you you know dieting even though you can cheat even though you can get some cheating <laughs> you see what I'm saying <laughs> to fall into your you know into your little weight program I'm all for it 230 calories quick plug yes um even though it's it's a product that you don't, you know, you don't eat cake. But why aren't you sharing it with your friends right. who you know eat cake? Right. You know I what mean, I mean? The, the you last thing I should hear who has someone a who we have a friend in common, we have a mutual friend, is for me to say to them, I didn't know you made cakes. It's right. like, well, I, we best friends. Right. How you don't know that I made cake? If I never, this is my first time meeting you, but that's my best friend. Right. She ain't never told you I made cakes. Right. He ain't never told you I made cake. Right. You know what I mean? So that's when I say like the support goes further than just you spending money with right. me. You know what I mean? Just share it to, you know, to people who you know can benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Because if I benefit from it financially, me and my personal circle, we all benefit from it right. financially. You know what I mean? I'm not that person.
0: Robert drinks on it. But, me.
1: hey, <laughs> everybody get orange juice with ice. I'm with
0: it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
1: Bring me the
0: whole
1: picture. Pastor Kafasi, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's a mindset that you have to prepare yourself for um, on this journey, right? Because it 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 can break you, right? You know what I mean? It it will definitely change your outlook on relationships and how you interact with people on a business level and on a personal level, and it's going to change you as a person. You know, hey. the person that I was when I started this is not the person, person that, that I am, I am now. now. My character hasn't changed, but I, I'm definitely not the same person. And nobody prepares us for that journey. You know what I mean? My journey as a woman is completely different than your journeys as men. Right? You know what I mean? The things that I have to encounter are, are totally different. You know, I have to deal with people interacting with me and feeling like as a woman, I should be able to come in and, Tell you what's better for your business, I know you said this is your plan, but let me tell you what's better because as a woman, I feel like you really don't know why Why would you feel that way? You know, or because I'm more successful in in my walk or or in my business, I feel like I know what's better for your brand. so let me tell you scratch that and, and do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean as when I mean, you're when you're approached with that constantly it affects your mental.
3: Right.
1: If it doesn't affect your mental, you're probably a robot. Right. Because then it makes you start thinking to yourself, "Well, did I not write this out properly? Is, am I not executing this you know, properly? Is there something about me that lets people assume, hey,
2: I need your help. Um, I, I
1: need help. Like, I don't know what I'm doing.
2: You well, know? There, there's something about people who need something from you but project that they have everything they need already. And and you know that's just psychology. Usually, people who who didn't come up with the idea have the best idea for your idea. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because so it's easier, you know, it's easier just to come up with a, a suggestion than it is to create or invent something from scratch. That's a lot of backseat driving. That, that, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's it, it's sidewalk drivers. Uh, you think uh, you, you think about in the car. You right. think about the network. Or, you know, saying the Facebook movie and look at how Sean Parker like. He didn't, he didn't make Facebook, but just could come in and influence it so greatly just because of his perspective and his angle. And that's People loved it. Everybody, like, there's so many people that want to just grandfather into a situation because they had a suggestion. You know what I mean? And you took it and then they get, that's their claim to fame. Like, I told them to do that. You know, it's easier to get in than just, here's $20,000. Here's $40,000. I want to be a part of what's going on. Like, that's more, that's more worth more, but, like I said, you going to encounter so many people like that. Uh, black, as a black man in the design field, you, you end up being the only one in the room. You know what I'm saying? And you, gotta, you got ideas and angles that are coming from a different perspective, but there's always somebody who wants to make it fit what they have in mind. And, you know, that's what you get. You get a lot of people, well, yeah, if I did it, it'd be like this, but you didn't do it. You know, and you've got to learn how to, like, yeah, all right, I see you, I hear you, and I heard about this type of stuff, but it's a new day. So I'm busy building this new day. I'm not really getting ready to invest in that old day that you're trying to, like, have never end. And I think that's the, also the beauty about this time because we can do stuff like this where we can have a conversation about those moments, those obstacles, um, and how you get around them. Because, you know, whenever I see black women in business, like going into business as a double minority. You're already going into a... a, a uh, uh, any field, any direction you're going is going to have some type of diversity issue. Any field, any direction, for the most part. And then when you get there, you still have to navigate that and be successful. You have to do so much more than just perform. You have to constantly manage and check how you react to your environment. You know, and it it it's tiring. You know what I'm saying? On my end... I went and I wanted to specifically target black businesses. And then you find yourself in this place like I'm never going to make money unless I go to other people or people other than black people. You know, because of that constant idea like I'm not going to pay you $5,000 for this. Even though that's the going rate, I'm not going to pay you 5000 Or, you know, this idea that I'm hiring you as a professional, but I don't trust you to actually give me expert advice or do this. You know, I don't think you can do this the way that I want it done or the way that if I hired these guys over here that I think that they would do it. You know, and it's, you, you question yourself if you allow it. But right. <laughs> when you go back to what's yours and you sit in the middle of what you made, there's no way to question it. I know what I sacrificed for it. You know what I'm saying? I know how much time, and effort I put into this and it's easier to come up with your criticism than it is to come up with my product, my good or my service. And that's how I pull myself back in. And I, I obviously, if you're at this point I know that you can see the limitations of a person that moves like that or says things like that because they almost are never, like, invariably never right. It's like certain people have very abrasive personalities, but they're geniuses, and I could respect. You know, I don't like how you said that, but you're right. Right. And you could tell the difference. You know, it's like, yo, you're just, you, you know, you're just not a, you, you're not an amicable person, but you are smart. You are like you know what you're talking about. Other times you could tell like, oh, you think I'm weak-minded. Like I would just, you know, take the suggestion because it came from you, but I actually know what I want, I know where I'm going, you know? And that is very, very important in business. I deal with a lot of people who, they can't decide on their own logo, it's your logo. It's gonna be what represents you. Why do you have to go back and ask so many people how they feel about what's ultimately gonna be yours? Either right. you like it right. or you don't, you know? and. Same thing, like everybody's different and learning your customers as well as your colleagues gives you that overall understanding of the world that you're trying to be successful in. You're supposed to know both, Right. you know, network is important. Knowing how not to overreact to something that was totally inappropriate. Like, yeah, you were inappropriate. Why do I got to add on to that? Why should I have to, you know, manage some type of regret? Because I I couldn't help but check you right now. I was right, but is it going to be received that way? You know what I mean? You were in the wrong, but it, is it worth wording right now in a way where I'm, I'm going to have to deal with that every time I see you? And then also possibly all the other people you know that you want to, you know, go back and tell the story too wrong. So that's like separate from making money. It's like just managing those relationships and recognizing I don't have the luxury just to be reckless right now when mm-hmm. I respond to you.
1: When I respond in relationships.
2: You know, I, I can't, I can't, I got to, you know, I even if I want to, I can't, like, because I got this so much more than just me and my feelings right now.
1: Which know? goes back to you, how you represent your brand.
2: Right. Always. Like, always. Late night, early in the morning, does not matter where you are. You know what I'm saying? You want to punch somebody in the face at Waffle House, it's probably going to come back someplace. Like, to your brand. It's going to come back to your brand. It's not going to be what they did to you late night at Waffle House. Mm-hmm. In fact, you wild out. You know what I'm saying? If somebody got video. And she really knocked up <laughs>
0: behind the counter. <laughs> I ain't know she got done. No. I think I think that's the reality that a lot of police officers is really coming to right now.
2: Yeah, yeah true.
0: Anyway, so 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 tell us about this cheat stuff. Cheat the cheat stuff. <laughs> <laughs> cheat Eats.
1: Um cheat Eats is actually a product that I that I created, <clears throat> and it's a low calorie cake. Mm-hmm. Um, And the reason that I I wanted to do cheaties is because at the time I was on like this whole fitness craze. Mm -hmm. And everywhere that I go, I try to find ways to market to the people. So I'm in this gym full of all these girls trying to get fine. And I'm like, I can't try to sell them cake. Like they not trying to buy no cake. You know what I mean? (laughs) Sounds like, well, how, what, what, what do I have that they need? Mm -hmm. Everybody has a cheat day. You know what I mean? And everybody, whether you're working out or not, you still want cake. You still want cookies. You still want things you're not supposed to have but you can have anything in moderation. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, let me create a cake that is low calorie that they can have on their cheat day that's not going to push them over. You know what I mean? So then I did cheat eats. Um, My slogan, as you see on my t-shirt, sometimes I cheat. And it's sometimes I cheat on my diet. Sometimes I, you know, it's, it's okay. You know what I mean? But I'm not overdoing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes, you know, pre-packaged. You can freeze them. They last in the freezer. So you can buy a whole bunch of them at one time and store them in your freezer, but they last in your freezer for six weeks minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's key lime. Everything is, is made uh, from scratch. So it's my key lime cake with my cream cheese icing. And it doesn't taste like diet food. It doesn't taste like low-calorie yeah, food. It doesn't I'm taste. Bad. And that is one of the biggest things when I was created that I want to focus on. Because people, when they cheat, you know, when, when you eat something you're not supposed to eat, you want it to taste like what you're not supposed to be eating. There's no point in me eating chocolate cake that's not going to taste like mm-hmm. chocolate, chocolate cake. cake. You know what I mean? It doesn't It doesn't feed that craving. So, um, That's why I went with Chitties and it's six ounces of cake when it actually can give you two servings.
0: No, um, okay. it can't. It can. Small thing.
1: It can because it's very it's fulfilling. Rich. It's very fulfilling right, and very rich. And so, you know, it has, you know, the little lid on it. You don't have to worry about re-wrapping it up. Eat. You pop that lid, eat in the car, put it back on there, you know, and go. It's also good for, um, I think, our children. A lot of our children are overweight and we we feed them snacks and things that they shouldn't have. Right. And then we overdo it. You know what I mean? So you can put it in the lunchbox for your children to eat. It doesn't have to be refrigerated because, you know, they got the lunchbox in the, um, their lockers or in their cubbies or whatever. And they can eat it, it's, you know, in a plastic container. It's not going to break. Mm-hmm. It's be. Con- in the backseat, when they're getting on your nerves, throw one back there, let them eat it. <laughs> you ain't got to worry about, you know, I'm a mama. So, like, my car was so, like, not sexy. Like, I would have potato chips, and I'm constantly cleaning it, and i find hot dogs. And just, how did this get back here? Like, where? <laughs> like, who are you feeding in the backseat of my car? You know what I mean? So, it's, it's very hard for them to, you know, dirty up and make a mess. But, yes, cheaties, you can find it on Shop Josie Cakes. That's Josie, J-O-C-I cakes?
2: Um, I mean, well, one of the questions that I definitely was not going to ask you, because I mean, you <laughs> said that earlier, uh, like, did you tell them what not to ask? <laughs> um, um, one of the questions I was not going to ask you is about the intersection between uh, desserts and selling desserts in a very health-conscious time, even if it's only projected as being, like, health-conscious. I was going to ask you, like, How does that factor into ingredients you picked and do you do you create things with that in mind or, you know, but you just answered it uh, in in saying like, all right, this is something that's market that's targeted towards people who are thinking health wise and not, you know, still want to eat something that's good, but isn't so bad for them and then bringing the kids into the mix as well. So I'm not going to...
1: Not going to ask that. Yeah,
2: I mean, I wasn't going to ask that question. Mm -hmm. I was merely pointing out that you answered it without me asking it, and I appreciate that Um, because it's a good sell point. And um, this is something that we as a community have to think about well beyond profit because it's one of those things that's killing us low profitably for a whole bunch of other people. My main question that still needs to be asked is why Key Lime?
1: Why Key Lime? Because it was the easiest cake for me to make low-calorie.
2: Cake? See, key lime is usually associated with pie.
1: Right. Right. So, when I first moved to Georgia, um, this girl brought this key, this green cake. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is this? And she would never tell me. And I was like, well, you you know, like, why you don't want to tell me? Like, don't act like that. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I researched to find out what the green cake was. And I found it was key lime cake. And I was like, well, that's different. Like, I ain't. You know what I mean? I've had key lime pie. I never had key lime cake. I'm from Florida. I know all about the key lime pie. And so I was like, well, I'm going to try a couple different recipes. And I felt like, one, it piques your interest when you say key lime cake Mm -hmm. because it's like, well, what is that? And let me taste it. But then it allowed me to market outside of Georgia because typically people outside of Georgia have never heard of it. So now it's something being introduced to you that you've never had, never heard of. And people like stuff that they've never had and never heard of because it's like, I want to be the first to have it. I want to be right. the first to eat it. Um, before the whole red velvet crave started, that's how red velvet was like outside of the South. Nobody had ever had, that ain't it. True, I had it. That's what we finna do. That, that's what we get ready to do right now. Go ahead. Typically.
0: Go ahead. Sir. Go
1: ahead. Um, <laughs> 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 had had never really had it. You know what I mean? And then even now when you go to different places to eat it, it tastes different, different. in different regions <laughs> that, you, that you have it. So that's what I wanted. I wanted my key lime cake to kind of be like that that threshold floor that you build upon.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's why I chose it. And it's my signature cake. And it is definitely like you need some spoons. Like it is definitely one of those cakes that you're gonna remember. You're gonna re- and you're gonna remember it not only because it was key lime and that's something that you usually haven't had it, but you're gonna remember it and then it's gonna be what you compare everybody else's key lime
0: to. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, Miss Josie. So tell us, tell us where we can find you. Tell us where we can pull up on you. We- I don't know what I'm pulling up, I don't know
1: what you're pulling up on me. You can find me on IG. My handle is J-U-S, Josie Cakes, J-U-S, J-O-C-I-C-A-K-E-S. You can find me on Facebook at Josie, J-O-C-I, Josie Cakes. Um... You can reach me on four oh four five eight seven three zero five nine and I actually welcome all phone calls. Um I'm not one of those people who are like, don't call me. Um so you can call, call us, we're available. Um, that's, 10 a Google, that's a Google to, number. T- no. <laughs> <laughs> 10, Ten to six thirty. Jussie case is open uh Tuesday through Saturday.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um And then you can shop directly. We have products online that you can actually go to and just order them. We ship them directly to your home. We also sell uh, cake slices, whole cakes, and the uh, cheat eats. Mm -hmm. And that is at shopjosiecakes.com.
0: Cool. Is it insured? Like if the post office messes up? Our yes. Cakes, it's insured. Okay. yes.
1: Um Everything is insured. Josie Cakes is insured and bonded as a whole <laughs> as a company. But I do accept full responsibility if you received your order and it's you know not in intact.
0: Just threw it in the truck. Right. In gotcha.
1: Because until you receive it, I'm responsible for that cake. Gotcha. All right, Josie.
0: Anything else, Donald? She's sure and bonded. All right. Thank you so much for Thank joining you for us today, me. Josie. I Thank love you the for conversation. <laughs> I need that red velvet, though. Okay. All right.
1: <laughs> Got that. Let me send you that invoice.
2: Do that. Do you, you, Josie? Yes.
1: Thank you for having me. I enjoyed the conversation. It definitely was um, different than than my typical interviews, but I liked it because it gave that background and gave people a better understanding of the journey and not just all you know, Kate talk. Right.